on uh, building relationships. That's why we're all in here. And uh, first and foremost, uh, we started this, this series on uh, how to build strong relationships. This will run through the month of January, and we've invited all of our uh, outcasts on Wednesday nights to join us tonight. We let them come to the sanctuary. They're not appreciating it too much, but, you know, Collision and Children's Church, and we just said, okay, y'all can come in. And, but uh, just give our staff on Wednesday nights a little bit of a break as well through the month of January. I deeply appreciate these folks. They do a great job. I love our youth department, our children's ministry, and uh, so we'll give them a little bit of a break. Plus, I wanted everyone to hear this material. Um, last Wednesday night, I talked to you about one of the key elements of building re- uh, strong relationships. One of the key elements to that is expectations. Everybody say expectations. Don't raise your hand, but if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody, it could be marriage, it could be a friendship, it could be family, where you expected one thing, but they expected something else. And it causes a lot of trouble. It causes a, 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 just a lot of things can happen as a result of that. Uh, usually the beginning of this is when people get married. Because invariably, when a couple begins to talk about marriage, one of them is going to develop a set of expectations, communicated or not. The other one will develop a set of communications uh, or expectations, communicated or not. And if they're not managed properly, two or three years into that marriage, you start having problems. That's why I'm teaching this. It's the same thing happens with church people. You have brand new people that come to Grace, and man, it's the greatest church ever. And man, I love Grace, and man, Grace is the best thing that ever happened. And about three years later, they're like, what happened to Grace? <clears throat> Because sometimes expectations are not understood, they're not met, what have you. Last Wednesday night, I talked to you about the mismanagement of expectations and the byproduct of it. When someone's expectations in a relationship is not met, whether it's in a family, on the job, or church, when they're not met, the byproduct of that can be anger, it can be sadness, it can be anxiety. Or it could be shame. If you were not here last Wednesday night, I'll ask you to go to our church website and uh, listen to that Bible study last Wednesday night. Tonight, I've asked our ushers to pass out uh, a piece of paper. On the top of it, it says how to build strong relationships. If you did not get one, raise your hand, and our ushers will get you one. We have one person, two person. Uh, We have plenty. We have one up here. Um, one back there, uh, well, we have some more left over, Brother Mike. Um, did we run out? Okay. We should have plenty. (laughs) We should have plenty, one per adult, um, no offense to our children, but uh, when they come back in with them, they, they'll find them. Uh, they'll go get them out of the garbage can, the dumpster in the back, and they'll come back in with them a little high. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but if you do not get one, I'll have you raise your hand again, and we'll get you a copy. I'll ask you to keep this tonight. Please don't leave it on the chair when you leave. If you don't want it, there's a garbage can at Grand Central. You can feel free to throw it away. But uh, I'll only teach half of this tonight, and I'll teach the other half 
next Wednesday night. So I'll ask you to bring it back with you next Wednesday night. If you don't have one, raise your hand again, and um, we'll get you one. Thank you very much, uh, Brother Mike and Patrick. I want you to notice on this table, it's of course a model, and the top left-hand corner in a rectangle is 80% assumed, and the top right-hand corner, you have three things outlined in uh, rectangles expressed by categories realistic and negotiated. Um, and then you have expectations, roles and responsibilities, stability, change, uh, pinch, You'll see choice point at kind of an angle, disruptions, crunch, and then choice point again. I will, stop at the, I will start at the top of this model, and I'll go about halfway through it tonight, so you'll need to bring it back next Wednesday night uh, so we can finish it up. Let's talk about expectations. It's first on your table. To manage expectations well, we'll begin with recognizing three essential characteristics of expectations. I've put you some notes space at the bottom of that sheet. Feel free to take notes. <clears throat> so if you want to manage your expectations, last Wednesday night we talked about the mismanagement of expectations. Tonight I want to talk about expectations and how to manage them, what to do when they're not managed and so on. But to manage expectations well, we'll recognize three essential characteristics of expectations. If you want to have a strong relationship, that's what we're teaching here tonight. I'm applying this to marriage. I'm applying it to where you work. But mostly, as we said last Wednesday night, this is applicable to church. And I want everybody to understand, this happens to a lot of people that uh, you'll want to communicate, and I'll use myself as an example. You'll want to communicate something with me, and sometimes people say things in jest, and it, it doesn't come across as real important to me. So I assume that, well, we'll just get together whenever. But it's important to you, but I didn't catch that when you said it however you said it. And so then you're disappointed at me. It's because... I did not understand your expectations when you, when you made your statement. Um, I could elaborate on this for a long time because church-based church relationships, for whatever reason, are very fragile. They're very delicate. It takes very little to offend people. And you have to be real careful in your relationships. But... The more you develop a relationship, now this is in church, the more you develop a relationship with the pastor, with the pastor staff, with the church people, then when things are miscommunicated or expectations are not matched, you have enough relationship, you have enough history in that relationship to be able to sit down and talk about it without being angry, without being sad, without feeling anxiety, without feeling shame, and all these things. People leave churches, mainly, first and foremost, because expectations are not met. And it's hard to meet expectations when there's no relationship. I want everybody to sit up straight and listen with both ears. 
Somebody said, you have to watch your ears. Of course, that's kind of impossible because you can't see them because you never know what they're doing. But you need to listen. If I approach you and say, I'd like for Sister Murphy and I to meet with you for dinner or for lunch or whatever, that's not a casual, ha, 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 let's talk about world events and the weather. I have a reason. And the main reason is, is because I want to get to know you better. But more than that, I want you to get to know me better. So that if there's mismanagement of expectations, we have some level of history and we have some level of chemistry so we can discuss it. Just in the past couple of weeks, I'll be, I'm going to be real transparent here tonight. Some of our leadership people really disappointed me in an area. But I had enough history and chemistry with them that I could address it. It was an expectation issue. I could address it. They understood. They didn't get offended. And as far as I know, they hadn't left the church. As a matter of fact, they're here tonight. On the other hand, I've not met people's expectations as pastor, and I want to reach out to them, and I want to talk to them about it. Tell me what I did. Be man enough, be woman enough to tell me what I did. Tell me what I didn't understand. Tell me what was miscommunicated. Let's work it out. Let's hit the reset button and build the relationship better next time. But when you won't talk to me, there's nothing I can do. And the reason people don't want to talk is because there's not enough relationship there for them to feel comfortable in it. I want everybody to understand that. I am adamant and very fervent and passionate about this Bible study series. Every one of us have expectations. When these people get on the platform, I have expectations out of them. Our Sunday school staff, I have expectations out of them. I remember back in the church environment that I was in years ago, when the song director didn't prepare for the song service till he walked up on the platform 10 minutes before the service started. I remember a time when you'd ask somebody to sing a solo and they'd show up at church and start thumbing through a songbook. We don't do that anymore. The kingdom is more important than that. The kingdom has greater priority than that. We need to plan. We need to be prepared when we walk in the church door. So all of these folks and all the folks in our Sunday school department, they understand that. And we have the finest group of people at Grace that any pastor could ask for. Our trustee board, our ushering staff, our greeters, our Sunday school teachers, our singers, musicians. Y'all do a great job, man. Amen. All right. Now, partly for the purpose of this Bible study, I talked about people running in and out of the church last Sunday. I did that because... I can sit up there and be frustrated about it, but if I don't say anything, then how do you know? Y'all understand that? Does that make sense? So if you're frustrated about something, irritated about something, disappointed about something, sad about something, feeling anxiety about something, feeling angry about something, feeling shame about something, you need to go to that person and talk to them about it. That's what we're saying. It's building strong relationships. You want to salvage that relationship. That person is important to you. And you want to salvage that relationship. And you want to build it. And you want to make it as strong as it can be. It's expectations. Everybody say expectations. Y'all on board? All right. Number one, when it comes to expectations, 
is, and then this is in the top right-hand corner of your handout tonight. First of all, they need to be expressed. Expectations needs to be expressed. Someone has concluded that 80%, everybody say 80%. Say it like I said it, 80%. 80% of our expectations are assumed. So what you want out of the other guy, 80% of what you want out of the other guy is assumed. <clears throat> you assume they know. And they're never really expressed. So consider for a moment one of your relationships. Your marriage, you as a parent, as a child, a teenager, still living at home, what have you. How many of your expectations have you actually expressed and discussed with the person you're in relationship with? You know, looking back over 30 years of ministry... I can only really think of a handful of times that people ever really sat down with me and expressed what their expectations were in church. We have people that attend Grace. I have no clue what their expectations are of this church. I assume they like it because they keep coming. And I assume they're okay, their expectations being met because they keep coming. But I don't know that. So very few people. The biggest, the biggest area where people have expressed their expectation and lack of fulfillment is in our church music. That's the biggest area that I, that I hear. But other than that, I don't hear too much out of people when it comes to expectations. One pastor said, he shared this uh, personal testimony, he said, during a week-long summer conference, a young lady asked one afternoon if we could talk. She had been married for several years, long enough to accumulate a list of complaints against her husband. He said, I asked her if she had ever expressed these things to her husband, and her quick reply was, oh, he knows all right. So in a later conversation with her husband, this man said it became apparent that many of his, her criticisms of him were total and complete surprised. She knew, but she never really expressed her expectations to him. How many times has this happened? On every, every level of relationship, not just marital, but in church, on the job, etc. You may not agree with the other person's expectations, but you need, do need to understand what they expect. Don't guess so, know so. Ask, and then listen. And here's another huge breakdown in communication with people who want to build strong relationships if you're not careful. You'll want to express your expectations, but you really don't care too much about hearing theirs. Hello? Okay. So, give the person an opportunity to express. And on the other hand, you have expectations. Don't withhold them. Don't be silent. Express them. And when it comes to expressing expectations, listen. And that's why I gave you this outline tonight. Now, some of you are going to take it home and you'll never look at it again. You're a dumb-dumb. You need to keep it handy. Keep it in reach. You need to listen to this Bible study over and over. Because this is going to happen to you. This is what you need to do. When you want to discuss with someone your expectations, they're disappointing you or you feel like you're disappointing them, you discuss one category at a time. An open-ended question like, 
Honey, what are your expectations of me? You couldn't handle it. You take baby steps, man. One thing at a time. Baby steps. Y'all understand? Well, first of all, I think you're an idiot. You're inconsiderate. You never say you love me. We never go out on date nights anymore. You never take me out for dinner. You never help me. And and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's why you handle one thing at a time. Do it one at a time. Everybody say one at a time. I'm trying to help somebody here tonight. So I'm going to give you some suggested categories in five of your major relationships. Remember, you only want to work on the ones which are appropriate, and you only want to work on them one at a time. First of all, there's husband and wife expectations. All right? One category of expectation you may have is that I would like for us to spend more time together. Or in some cases, particularly with retired people, you might be spending too much time together. And somebody needs to go find a job somewhere, man. (laughs) If it ain't nothing but Walmart saying hello to people when they walk in the door. (laughs) Everybody said amen. (laughs) Kind of got the feeling I treat something right there, huh? You're going to come back to that one. Um, Another category, husband and wife expectations. I'm trying to help somebody. Is home responsibilities. All he does is sit on that couch and watch television. He's got a callus on the end of his finger from the remote button. And that's all he does. He comes home from work. Have you ever said that to him outside of a nagging way? And instead of criticizing him, have you ever thought about asking him what he could do to be a little more productive around the house? Just trying to help somebody. All right, that's another category. Number three is Bible and prayer devotions together. Very needful in the home, absolutely. Number four is money management. Number five is intimacy. Number six is parenting. These are categories that you address one at a time. And when the expectations are starting to line up with each other, then you move on to something else. But you just don't walk in and say, I'm sick and tired of you. I'm so disappointed in you. I don't know what to do. And this marriage is over. And your spouse has got, just gotten waylaid by something that they had no clue was coming. Just trying to help somebody. And what I wish you would do here at Grace is if we're not meeting your expectations, I'm not going to really change what we do here that much, but we can at least talk about it, and I can give you an opportunity to understand why we do what we do. But anyway, please come talk to me about it. Facebook is not a good way to communicate with your pastor about your church. And I'm not stupid. When I see your post and you make a big deal out of surveys and statistics and da-da-da-da-da about a church environment that's a whole lot like ours, I, 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 I hear you. I get it. But man up and let's talk about it. I'd like to know how you feel about it. I'd like for you to know how I feel about it. And we can build a relationship. And it's nothing assumed, and it's not full of disappointment. At least you understand. At least I understand. Y'all, are y'all hearing me tonight? Please hear me. <clears throat> All right? Then you have parent-child expectations. And, buddy, when a kid hits like 12 or 13, that child you gave birth to 12 or 13 years ago becomes this something. And you have no clue what it is anymore. Where did this person come from? Somebody came and kidnapped 
my good kid, and left the evil twin in my house. But sometimes parents have expectations when it comes to allowances. And nine times out of ten, they're going to be different than the expectations that the child has about allowances. So somebody needs to discuss it. And if you're the parent, you need to be the big boy and discuss these things. Children at home that still live at home need to understand responsibilities around the house. Mom is not particularly a maid. She's not the hired help. She don't kill the fatted calf when the prodigal comes home. That ain't who she is. She's the, she's the queen of the castle. And you do what she says. Y'all want to get me started? I'm going to tell a story that happened a long time ago, and I hope it happened a long time ago enough that I can tell it. Because Marcus preaches here periodically. There was a little rough spot he went through in his life, and everybody's had him. And uh, he's turned out to be an incredible man. I'm proud of him. But uh, he came home one morning at about 4.30 in the morning. His mama paced that house. I had to replace the wood floor and that, along that trail there. Where she, could walk. she came and woke me up. I went to sleep, man. I, I told her, state police will call if they find him. I'm not going to worry about something until there's something to worry about. <clears throat> it's kind of that way this day. Hardcore, you can call me. I call it smart. And uh, I wouldn't have as much hair if I didn't do it that way. So uh, anyway, I told him. We didn't shout and yell, and I didn't stomp and spit and curse and swear and throw stuff. And I just told him when he walked in the door that uh, you really disappointed your mother and I uh, by doing this. You had a cell phone with you, and you chose not to answer it. And you can give whatever reason you want. But there's no excuse for what you've done. You do it again and your suitcase will be sitting on the doorstep. And I'm not playing. He was 19 years old. And you can go live in your own house if you're going to do You're not going to do that here. Okay? An expectation was very clearly communicated. So in the last three months he lived at our house, it never happened again. <laughs> he promptly moved out. I didn't expect him to move 80 miles away for crying out loud or I'd have kept my dumb mouth shut. But expectations were met. They were, or they were communicated. And they were ultimately met. It wasn't quite three months, six or eight months, whatever it was. <clears throat> how much time you watch television, how much leisure time you have, how much sports activities you participate in. This is parent-child expectation. Church attendance. I have, I believe in the word Joshua spoke, as for me in my house, my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if you're going to live in my house, you're going to go to my church. And if it just ain't working at my church, you're going to go to another church somewhere else that believes what we believe. But you're going to serve God as long as you're in my house. No drugs, no alcohol, no nicotine, no snuff. What do you call that? Uh, can't think of it. Tobacco, but a dip, whatever you call it. <clears throat> See how relevant I am with that kind of stuff. Uh, family devotions, if you live in my house, you're going to participate. I'm going to control what kind of music you listen to in my house. I had this discussion a couple of days ago with somebody, and I was very clear. When you start paying the house note, and when you start paying the utility bill, and when you start buying groceries, I'll give you a little say. But until then, this is my house, and you're going to live like you want, like I want you to live at my house. This is my house. 
Boy, y'all are looking at me like, whew. But you, you parents that have kids that are like four years old and they're telling you what to do and when to do it and how to do it, I disagree, man. Who's the big boy here? Amen. All right. Uh, the use of the car when they're a teenager. It's my car. As long as you live in my house, if it's your car and I'm paying your insurance or part of your, your car note, I'm still going to govern that car. Hello? I'm trying to help somebody. Homework? You do your homework when I tell you to do it. And you will sit there until it's done. Ask Marcus. He'll tell you. Sister Murphy declares that none of this applied to Casey, but I, I disagree in my mind that she was a... It's my house, buddy. You're going to walk to walk and talk to talk. It's my house. And you're my kid, and I'm responsible for you, and you're going to do it my way until you're old enough to do it your way. And you know what? Both of them have come back and said, thanks, Mom and Dad. Thank you. A child without parameters is a very unhappy child. A child without discipline is a very unhappy child. If you want, want to understand a little bit more about your child, give them parameters. You don't have to beat the fire out of them every five minutes because you're mad. That's not discipline. But you discipline your child and you set parameters and, and what have you. Okay. How they dress. These are expectations that need to be addressed in your house. You don't come to me when you're my kid living in my house and tell me what you're going to wear and what you're not going to wear. No, you're going to wear what I tell you to wear. What I think is appropriate, what I think is must. I was a hardcore daddy. I loved them, man, and that's why I did it. I loved them, and I wanted them to be the best they could be. And I, I raised them to pass me up. Don't stop at me. You go past me. You be better than I am. You do better than I am. They'll tell you we did that at our house. <clears throat> and then there's pastor leadership expectations at church. Here at Grace, we believe in appropriate dress standards that are biblically based. We believe that. Don't walk in here all the opposite of that and expect me to be happy. Don't expect... I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm giving you expectations here tonight. It's better to communicate these things. I believe people ought to pray. I believe you ought to be at church. I believe in spouses' responsibility when people are in ministry. We've made it very clear here at church through our membership uh, process. We address gender issues. We believe in heterosexual marriage here. I don't believe in shacking up with somebody. I believe that our leadership ought to have some element of personal evangelism in their life. I believe they ought to continue their education. I believe they ought to be involved in social activities. Integrity issues are huge. Mentoring is huge. These are ex expectations, and they're clearly communicated. They're all in writing. All this is in writing. When you're an assistant pastor, when you're in leadership at this church, all this is in writing. And then there's leadership congregation expectations. And what do you understand to be the expectations of this church, if you're a member of it? Do you, do you know what they are? Do you know what they are? If you're not sure, then we need to talk about it. What are specific expectations you have of individual believers who come to associate with you at church? 
What do you expect out of your relationships with people? And if they disappoint you, why? And do you have enough content and substance in that relationship to go talk to them about it? On your job, there's employer, employee, colleague, etc. There's these relationships. If your job hires you, the company hires you, and they say, we'd like for you to be here at 7.30 in the morning, that don't mean 8 o'clock. And you don't get mad at your employer when he calls you in and rings you out because you're always late. We start church here on Sunday morning at 10. We start our second service at 11. We start Wednesday night at 7.30. We're not going to wait on you. It's expectations. It's expectations. Brayton, would you mind? That's Brayton, not Braden. B-R-A-Y-T-O-N, Duncan. That's who that man is that just waved his hand. He goes to work at 6 o'clock every morning. I think there's something wrong with him. I think he needs therapy or something. Get up that early. What time do you get up? Five. There's a couple that came here. Had to be at work at some insane hour, like 5.30 or something like that. And they'd get up like two hours before it was time to get up so they could drink coffee together. We'll sleep in the bed till the very last minute. And we'll wait on coffee at work. And I'll see you this afternoon. But the point is, if there's a time that you need to be there, you need to be there. I could, I could go on and on with this stuff. There's responsibilities that you have at work. There's the amount of money you make, the education you have, training, confidentiality, punctuality, the way you dress at work and all that. All of this stuff is expectations and all of it needs to be communicated. If it's not, there's going to be a problem somewhere. Down the line, there's going to be a problem somewhere. Those of you that work at Exxon, y'all wear the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen. Mode blue. It seemed like they could change the color every once in a while and do something different. But I don't hear anybody at Exxon ever really complaining about them uniforms. That's what they expect you to wear. And if you want your job, that's what you're going to wear. So for the paycheck and the benefits, I'll wear this old ugly uniform. Brother Billy's uniform ain't no better. Where's that old ugly green one? Man, I wish our sheriff's department would get pretty uniforms, man. You know, the blue or black or blue shirts and khaki pants. And I know they're out there, you know, and they've got the little side pockets on the side and just really look cool and classy. But no, East Baton Rouge Parish has to do more ugly dark green ones. But he wears it. It's an expectation. And I've never seen him on the job when he didn't have that uniform on. Y'all understand me? It's expectations, and they have to be communicated. In his book, Lincoln on Leadership, Donald Phillips quotes part of a letter written by the president to General Hooker relating a conversation they they had to get together late during the Civil War. And Lincoln said, What I now ask of you is military success. I ask of you military success. The government will support you to the utmost, utmost of its ability. I shall assist you as far as I can. And now beware of rashness, beware of rashness, but with energy and sleepless vigilance, go forth and give us victories. This is a very well-communicated expectation. He comments later, the general comments later, contemporary leaders can learn an important lesson from this letter. From here in one bold stroke, Lincoln 
told exactly what he thought of him, both good and bad, and precisely what he expected. He offered support and assistance. He encouraged his general to take the initiative and do the right thing. Then Lincoln gave Hooker the letter so that he could take it with him, ponder their conversation more thoroughly. Here was Lincoln's, Lincoln, the leader, at his very best, communicated his ex- expectations. So the lesson in all of this tonight in one sentence is simply this. Express exactly what you expect. Doesn't mean you're angry. Doesn't mean you're hardcore. You just want to build a strong relationship. One that can, that can stand the test of time and trial and so on. <clears throat> Most churches and business have difficulty providing expectations. Sister Christie will tell you we have more documents in our database than you can imagine, but we try to communicate everything. We try to communicate it. So when you want to become a Sunday school teacher, you have to be a church member first. You have to go read our leadership document and agree with it and sign it first, and then you get Sunday school teacher, and it tells you what your expectations are. Our department heads have them. Our uh, pastor staff has it. The trustee board has it. Every position in this church, media booth workers has it. We communicate expectations. It's not to say that you're trying to expect too much out of people. It's just to communicate. And I've learned the hard way through the years what I think a Sunday school teacher is and what someone else may think a Sunday school teacher is is two different things. I've learned through the years. I've got to be real careful right here. I'm gonna, it's, it's expectation, I'm going to communicate it. When people walk up and say they can sing, I immediately get nervous. Because, buddy, we have found out the only song you can sing is on a hill far away. And so what do we do? You want to sing in our praise team, and everybody does it. People have told us, oh, so-and-so can sing like an angel. Need to have them in the praise team. Okay, they'll make an appointment with Sister Murphy and Casey and Brother Brian Tier. They'll meet you up here, and you can try out for the praise team. And if they think you can sing, then you can be in our praise team. If they say you can't, don't get your feelings hurt. You just didn't meet the expectation hallelujah you're holding the microphone man and there ain't but one option when you get up here and can't sing there's a mute button back there on that sound system board they just doop so you're not heard anyway so you might as well just come sit down and sing in the chair okay The second thing, not only do expectations need to be communicated and expressed, but referring back to your model now in the top right-hand corner, your expectations need to be realistic. You girls that want to get married, and you're marrying this guy that dropped out of high school in like the ninth grade, don't tell him I ain't going to marry you until you're a millionaire. You'll probably never marry unless he... (laughs) Anyway, you get the point. They must be realistic. There was a cute comic strip a number of years ago between friends. It pictures two young ladies talking together at a restaurant. Listen, this is so typical. One says to her friend, every time I see my therapist, I tell him 
that men don't understand me. And every time I say that, he tells me my expectations are unrealistic. Then yesterday, after years of therapy, something clicked. And her friend said, well, was he right? And she said, no, he's a man, and he doesn't understand me either. So the fact remains that some expectations are just that. They're unrealistically high. So what do we do? In the cartoon, Pardon My Planet, an earnest young man is speaking in the candlelight to a young lady and says, From the day you marry me, I'll spend the rest of my life making your dreams come true. Till then, I'll work myself to the bone trying to lower your expectations of me. So the objective, of course, the objective, of course, is not to lower expectations. It is simply to make them realistic. Everybody said amen. Unrealistic expectations that are unachievable only sets all of us up to fail. And that's what happens at churches. When people come to churches, they have unrealistic expectations of the church, the pastor, the pastor staff, the leadership, and whatever... And it doesn't work. It's because they're unrealistic. There's only a certain amount of things people can do. And that's where sometimes you need to find a prayer closet. But it happens in marriage and it also happens on the job. So unrealistic expectations that are unachievable only sets us up to fail. She was a young, excited bride-to-be, eagerly anticipating married life with her fiancé. And in a burst of enthusiasm, in the midst of a pre-marriage counseling session she exclaimed I can't wait until we're married and we can be together all the time (laughs) I don't know if y'all heard that but I did (laughs) sorry sister Christy it's simply unrealistic well the the young fellow said, lights went on and said, hold it, wait a minute. You mean that you're, that's your expectation of married life is just being together all the time? If that's all your expectations are, then we're setting up to fail. It's simply unreali- unrealistic. If the record isn't set straight right now, this couple is headed for some rough waters ahead. So managing expectations involves having expectations that are realistic. We all have limitations. On time, physical strength, training, skills, faculties, education, personality, experiences, financing, and so on. That's what makes some expectations so unrealistic. So what do you do? One man wrote the following. He said, my wife and a good friend were having lunch together. When her friend lamented over the conflict she had with her husband uh, that they were having with their adult children who still lived at home. They said, due to circumstances of school and finances, the 22-year-old and the 25-year-old were still living at home with them. The friend felt she was doing all the mother chores for the adult children who were taking advantage of her, showing little respect and taking on little responsibility. So she and her husband were exhausted and frustrated. So in an act of desperation, the parents created a list of expectations. They called them rules. They gave the 22-year-old... And the 25-year-old curfews, 
lunches, laundry list, all that kind of thing. They laid it all out and said, if you're going to live in our home, this is what we expect. It seemed reasonable to the parents, but with the children it was horrible. The son stormed out of the room stating he was moving out if he had to comply with all these expectations. The daughter raced out of the room and fled to her bedroom crying and said to her, this lady said to her friend, we're in a turmoil. What went wrong? What can we do? And the writer of this article said, my wife replied to him that you've made an excellent first step writing down and presenting your expectations. However, you failed to do the second important step, and that's to give the other person an opportunity to negotiate those expectations. So when confronted with expectations that are being placed on you, you have three options. You can say, I'll do it to the best of my ability. Or you can say, sorry, I just can't do that. Or say, can we negotiate those expectations? Now see, I just made a statement in, about our church here a little while ago that if you don't like it, we're not going to change a whole lot about it. But I'm just saying. So you have the expectation communicated. I mean, I'm saying it. We are who we are, Grace. It's not a lot of negotiation here. Boy, it sounds hard, don't it? But you may have other relationships that can bear some negotiating. Particularly, maybe on your job, particularly with your marriage, and particularly with your parenting. So, expectations may need to be negotiated. And I'm hurrying now. So, with negotiation... Unrealistic expectations can be transformed into realistic expectations. So here's a simple strategy for, for negotiating expectations. Number one, identify the issue or the problem or the area of conflict. Don't just go hog wild and name 48 things. Come up with one issue, one problem, one area of conflict. Choose the category, remember. Choose the category. For example, it could be time spent together. And then narrow it down to the conflict point. So let's go to the marriage thing. Don't just tell your spouse, I'm not happy with our marriage. Tell the person why. Name something specific. It could be, and it doesn't mean you're not happy that you're about to divorce. It just means it hasn't been going as good as it could be. And that's okay. I think married couples need to do that. <laughs> we miss dad. You tell your husband, if you're the wife, we miss having you home for dinner every night. That's a specific thing. And if we can negotiate this, if you can't be home for dinner every night of the week, could we negotiate three? Can we have you home three nights out of the week? That's negotiation. It's reasonable. It's realistic. Don't be an idiot and don't be stupid and don't be hard-headed. No. I'm telling you I'm going to my buddy's house and we're going to talk about hunting and fishing for an hour. And you and the kids go ahead and eat and I'll be home whenever. You're setting, your up, setting yourself up for trouble, man. Don't be stupid. Married couples may say, I miss our date nights. We haven't had a date night for weeks. That's a legitimate issue, man. Listen to the, your spouse. Sister Murphy and I have been married for 38 years. and Yeah, 38. And um, I still enjoy going out to eat with her. She disappointed me today. She was doing a bunch of church work and doing all the end of the year stuff from last year and 
all that stuff that she has to do, and I want to go to lunch. She said, well, I can't go today. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm the pastor, and I ain't that busy. But see, I'm a smart manager. I delegate all that stuff, man, and I'm as free as a bird. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so I went to lunch by myself. I still, like, I still enjoy her going out to eat with me, and I miss the times that we can't do that. Or your spouse may say, we need time to talk. Not talk about trouble and problems and disappointments and all that, but just communicate, man. Talk about the light bill. Talk about your future. Talk about plans and dreams. Talk about something, but communicate. Spouse may say, I'm feeling very alone when it comes to family decisions. I make them by myself, and I want your support. I need you to be behind me. Pick a category. Pick one thing and talk about it. And when you work that out, if you're unhappy about something else, you can go to the next one. So express your differing, your differing expectations, whatever category you've chosen. Take turns. Be sure to listen to each other. And it might be wise to even write some things down. Focus on the problem, not the person. Focus on the problem, not the person. And people do that huge in church. The pastor offended me. It may have been the pastor that did it, but it might have been one little thing. Look at all the other good times we've had together, and you're going to let all of that be canceled out over that one time you've been offended, and you won't talk to me. It's hurtful, man. We need to build strong relationships and learn how to communicate with one another like grown people. Everybody said amen. I'm just trying to make us better. I just want you to just do it. Just let's, let's do this. So you focus on the problem, not the person. So sentences should begin with, I think or I feel, not you. So you're frustrated about your relationship. I know Christy's been frustrated with Kelton a million times already, and they've only been married a week. And, uh, but he walks in the door and she says, I'm fed up with you. Well, that's a whole different connotation than her sitting down with him at dinner and say, look, there's something I need to run by you. Y'all understand that? Don't be a dumb-dumb now. Do it right. You just think before you open your dumb mouth, all right? All of this is biblical. Take time to listen and to speak. Listen and speak with a Christian attitude. And I got, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out of time, so I'm just about done. Y'all owe me five minutes from the last 12 times y'all got out early. I keep track. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, and I'm, I'm seriously about done. Don't panic. This is the first scripture we've read, and it's at the end, not at the beginning. So don't anybody panic. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. Fulfill ye my joy, Paul said, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of heart, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man uh, also on the things of others. It's an awesome statement. This don't just apply to church people. It applies to your marriage. It applies to your kids. It applies to your parents. It applies to people you work with. You know, sometimes you read the Bible and say, well, that only applies when we're at church. No, it don't. The strongest of Bible principle begins in your marriage. And then when you're at church, you can function a whole lot healthier. Ephesians 4, 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, 
speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be ye not angry, sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, work with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that you may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Hereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. It's building strong relationships. Okay. So you work towards a compromise. You adjust, you revise, you reject, you create, until you can agree on your expectations in the category you have chosen. They are now expressed and realistic. Write them down just in case someone forgets. You reinforce each other's positive fulfillment of expectations, and you reevaluate regularly may require a little adjusting before you can actually get it right. Building strong relationships. Everybody say, just do it. So I want us to give a lot of each other a lot of latitude. Let's be patient. Let's be kind to one another. Let's forgive one another. Let's be nice to each other. Be nice to each other at home. Be nice to your kids. Your kids, that's why I want you in here. Ashley, be nice to your mom and daddy at home. I know you struggle with that. And uh, <laughs> and I can just imagine that Heather is probably the sweetest person on this planet, never gives any trouble or nothing. Just keep it up, girl. Just keep hanging around with Ashley and just... I love our young people, and I'm glad y'all are in here. That's why I want you to hear this tonight. It don't hurt to be kind. It don't hurt to be nice. Matter of fact, it makes you feel pretty good when you are. Thank the Lord. Y'all cool? Everybody say, just do it. All right, God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll see you Sunday morning, bright and early, bells and whistles.